And welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. Tonight we have with us a very special guest, Rav Shaya Kohen Shlita, Rabbi Kohen. Welcome, Shalom Aleichem. How are you doing? Thank you, Aleichem Shalom. It's an honor and a pleasure. Uh, honor and pleasure all ours. Uh, so Rabbi Shaya Kohen is no guest uh, to the Chazak world. We've had the rabbi in the past. I actually remember uh, one of the powerful speeches that the rabbi gave over uh, at a Chazak uh, learning program that we had about the sweetness of Torah learning and how there's four scientific studies that are compared. One is Chavrusa, a learning partner. One is uh, learning for someone higher than you. I don't know if the rabbi remembers this, but I remember it and I've given it over in the past. Thank you. I'm happy <laughs> to hear that. Yes, Chad Hashem, and I've had cousins in the rabbi's yeshiva. But before we get to tonight's topic, which is reaching our children with a passion and lasting commitment to Judaism, to Yiddishkeit, Rabbi, if you give our listeners that might not be aware of the great work that the rabbis involved with, with Yeshiva Zichon Ayur, with Prairudam, we would appreciate it. Well, I can't claim great work. I could claim a lot of effort. Uh-huh. Um, I've been the world of Jewish education probably for close to, well, well over 40 years, let's say. Wow, so man. I have a lot of experience and I've learned a lot, uh, more from my mistakes than anything else, but I've learned a lot from the people that I interacted with and the problems that I faced. Uh, I started a yeshiva in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles many years ago, and the uh, Baruch Hashem, the community today is thriving. It's mamash, the most beautiful Jewish religious community. Uh, and then I moved to New York, and we started the yeshiva, and priority one, priority one is a, a, the concept was that there are a lot of problems in Jewish education, and we want to address the problems that are not being addressed. <laughs> to address the problems that everyone addresses, uh, okay, you know, <laughs> just just another another one. But And we really, from time to time, we've moved as the problems have arisen, as the problems have become acute, and we became more aware. And we've dealt with many things, dealing with, with children at risk, people who went off from Judaism, drifted, um, outreach, strengthening the, the Jewish educational system. And of recent, the most, um, uh, most of our uh, priority one efforts, besides the yeshiva and the kolel, and uh, we also have a branch of our yeshiva in Eretz Yisroel, in Israel, but besides that, the, the effort has been on what we call educating and training the educators. We come to realize that um, if there are problems, you don't only want to intervene, you want to prevent the problems. And we, with our vast experience of all kinds of problems, we've come to realize that there are certain basic ingredients that are necessary that if we implement them, we can prevent many of the problems rather than just be scratching our heads and trying to figure out how to intervene with it later on. So that's basically what we're involved in today. Amazing. Yagda Torah, continue that success to the rabbi and the, and, and the great work, because I can attest to the great work. Uh, the rabbi says effort. Uh, so as was mentioned, tonight's topic is reaching our children with a passion and lasting commitment to Judaism, to Yiddishkeit. So uh, Rabbi Cohen, on occasion, parents might feel that they are reaching their children, but in actuality, they aren't on the same page uh, as their kinder, as their children. Uh, What tips can you give to parents to ensure that they are connecting to their children, especially for today's special generation that we're living in? (laughs) Okay, we are definitely living in a special generation. That's a nice way of putting it. Uh, We're living really in a very challenging and challenged generation uh, the temptations, the challenges, the confusions, um, you know, the society falling apart under our feet. I mean, so many things are going on that uh, that really it's a confusing time. 
Uh, but I would say that a couple of points in terms of really connecting with our children. Number one, probably the most important thing that we could do, uh, say no, the three most important things that we could do is when our children are talking, listen, listen, and listen. We have a tendency as parents, as teachers, as human beings to want to talk. And somebody says something, and we want to respond immediately. But with our children, if we really want to get their trust, if we really want to have a connection with them, there has to be listening. We have to listen far more than we talk. We will guide them and influence them and prevent problems in their lives and forge the greatest relationship with them if they know that we have a listening ear and a listening heart. Empathetic listening, not sympathy. Oh, 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 we feel so sorry for you. No, no, no. Empathy. We feel your problem. We feel your challenges. We understand it. We're with you. We're constantly interested in, you know, we're so busy. We have so many, so many responsibilities, and both parents are usually working. And and children need time. Little children need a lot of time, and big children need a lot of time. We have to work on that relationship. Also, that relationship has to be positive. Criticism is devastating. The rabbis tell us it's actually a Rashi uh, in, the, in, the, in the parasha that we read a few weeks ago. It says that um, Yaakov Avinu, uh, Jacob, our father, who um, his son Ruvain had done something which was considered inappropriate. And when he was on his deathbed, then Yaakov says to Ruvain, he says, I'm going to tell you or almost apologize to you why I didn't uh, reprimand you earlier, because I was afraid if I would reprimand you earlier, you would leave me and join forces with my brother Esau. Mm -hmm. Esau was the most wicked of wicked people. And Yaakov was afraid that his righteous son, Ruvay, the tzaddik, would, would leave if he gave him a, a reprimand, not on his deathbed, when it's easier, I'm not going to see you anymore. It's the last will and testament. He was afraid he would leave him to join forces with the ultimate evil. Criticism is very, very devastating and dangerous. Some people even have a formula. They say there should be X amount of compliments before there's a criticism. I say we should never criticize the person. Never, ever. We can point out that the action or the word or what was said is inappropriate. But even when we point that out, it should not be at the moment that it happens because then a person is not receptive. It should be later on in a casual conversation. I advise parents the best thing is to go out to dinner with you or lunch with your kids. And over, it seems over a nice, a nice dinner or a nice lunch seems there's great receptivity. And, 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 and it's, it's positive talk. It's, yes, pointing out a mistake, but it's almost a mistake academically irrelevant to the child. The child feels, I'm not threatened by it. I'm not being looked down upon because of it. Uh, we, we had an academic discussion and my parent told me that this is wrong. It's as if I didn't do it, if someone else did it. I'm just educating you. And this is extremely important, I think, in keeping that relationship going. And it needs a lot of positive reinforcement. Do you know, uh, in my generation, we felt that our parents lived for us. That's the feeling I had. Today, what I hear from most youth is, I wish my parents would let me live. Yeah. And we have to realize that they don't take our love for granted. They're not sure how much their parents love them, especially since the parents are mostly too busy to pay too much attention to them sometimes. So mainly we have to let them know how much we love them. We have to tell them and we have to show them. 
Show them by being there for them. Don't miss any of their milestones or their important opportunities or an important ball game or whatever it is that they may be doing. Take their life, which to us looks like child play, as serious as it is to them. You know, it starts even with little children. Little children building something with a Lego. And you, you, you tell them, you got to come right now. And you gotta... I'm building the, the Empire State Building. I'm doing the most important thing. I'm a, I'm a, I, what do you tell me? Go come take a bath? No, we have to have that. And there's something else that we need. Strangely enough, as strange as it sounds, everybody knows the Torah says, honor your mother and your fa- as your father and your mother. But what we don't know is that we as parents also have to respect our children. If we don't respect our children, we will lose the influence on them. Respect means respect their time, respect their place, their space, their feelings, their attitudes. We have to show that respect because what happens when you show respect is you validate them. They feel good about themselves. And feeling good about oneself is the definition of happiness. In the Loshin Kodesh, in holy tongue, uh, one of the highest levels of the word happiness for happiness is osher. It's spelled with aleph shin resh. And the, in the Loshin Kodesh, in the, 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 the language of our Tanakh, is when the three is a three-letter root in a word, it always puts a certain meaning into the word. And the word osher, that aleph shin resh, the, the, the assault of that word, the basis is um, ishur, validation. Validation is the definition of happiness. When I feel good about myself, I'm happy. And when my parents make me feel good about myself with showing their love, which, by the way, is not as powerful as respect, because you show their love, ah, oh, you're pre-programmed. It's genetic, the love of a parent to a child. But this you respect me? You respect my opinion? You, you respect my time? You respect my space? Means sometimes you got to respect their messy room as well. You know, that's their room. It's their prerogative, you know. And their time, it can't be. You must do this right now. Uh, would you like to do this now? Or would you like to do it in 10 minutes later? When is more convenient for you? Whatever we do to show respect, we validate them. They feel good. And when I become the source of my child's happiness, I have great influence it forges a tremendous relationship and I'm in a position of influence. They want to maintain that relationship because that relationships make that relationship makes them happy. In fact, I'll tell you more than that. The reason that relationships with peers sometimes take over the relationship with parents and parents even feel jealous sometimes with the friends, they're all talking everything with the parents. They don't even want to talk is because the friends have an acceptance. The friends are not judgmental. The friends respect each other's uh, ideas and, and right to be an individual and right to be different. And, and, and parents, if we don't show that, if we don't have that respect for them, uh, if, if, we, if we don't have that non-judgmental attitude, then we're not making them feel good about themselves. And we become not only the source of their happiness, not only not the source of their happiness, we become the source of their unhappiness. And that's the worst thing to uh, interfere, the most powerful interference in a relationship. Wow, Rabbi Shai Kun. So just to clarify, no such thing as criticizing your child. Well, let, let's let's on yeah. the spot, criticizing Rabbi. his child for sure. In other words, I never say you're bad. I say what you did was not appropriate. And even that I shouldn't say at the time when he does it because they're not very receptive at the moment of of of, of you know when they did this thing. Later, casually. In a, in a conversation, 
almost as if talking about somebody else. Just discuss that, but they get the message. It won't be offensive, but it'll be successful in communication. Powerful, powerful. Amazing, Rabbi Shai Khan. Love it. Amazing. So the question is, uh, how can parents give over a passion for Torah to the next generation, to their children? Okay. Um, I, I, when, when, I, when, I, uh, <laughs> when, when you ask that question, I think of an incident that took place many years ago when my children were very young, we used to get, visit a certain Rosh Yeshiva, a certain rabbi uh, who was the, the, the head of the Navardic Yeshiva in Borough Park, Rabbi Yafin. We used to go on Chalamoy to visit him. And my kids, one time I remember for sure, asked them, they want a brocha, they should give them a blessing that they should be able to, to, to learn, to succeed at their Torah learning. Did, did so your children ask, ask the rabbi to give them such a brocha? So the rabbi turns to me in Yiddish. My children didn't understand Yiddish, I don't think. And he says, if you want them, if they want to be successful in learning, they have to see the father learn. (laughs) Now, I don't know if he was insinuating that I wasn't doing my my share, but that's it. If, If we want to give over passion, they have to see it in us. If we're passionate about our learning, if we're passionate about our mitzvahs, about during, do, keeping the commandments and doing what's right according to Allah, according to Jewish law, then they see that. And when we do it um, with apathy, they learn apathy. When we do it with passion, then we are modeling passion for them, and that can have a very powerful effect. However, you have to know your child, because if you show too much passion, they can get overwhelmed. So you have to be careful. In other words, they have to see that you're passionate, yet you're willing to come down to their level and bring them up to your passion rather than expect it of them uh, instantaneously because then it becomes too much. It becomes too much pressure. Pressure is not a very healthy thing. Everybody knows that the vast majority of death that takes place on this planet is because of pressure. People are this stress and pressure, you know. It's not healthy in religious um influence either so but but you want to you want to have that passion and share that passion with them also in order to have passion they have to understand the importance of what they're doing they have to understand the benefits of what they're doing how it's going to help them how it's going to make them happier how it's going to give them a better life when we can show the benefits, and we can explain what they're doing. Many people don't feel passion because they feel they're doing, going through the motions. They're just doing actions. They're doing things. They don't know what they're doing and why they're doing it and how it's supposed to influence them or how it influences them. And therefore, you can't really feel so excited. Nobody gets excited about just doing actions. If those actions have meaning, if I understand what I'm accomplishing, if I realize how I'm refining my character every time I do a mitzvah, if I realize how much I get closer to Hashem every time, that's where passion comes from. Because I'm doing something, it's meaningful. And I would also say a connection to Hashem, to God, is critical. Critical, critical, critical. We take that for granted in the religious community. We don't speak enough about that. We don't uh, show enough about our connection because we take it for granted. Of course, I, I, I study and I do all the mitzvahs. I do what I'm supposed to do and I, I, I go to shul. And I, yeah, but what are you doing? And unfortunately, many people don't even think about what they're doing. And we have to constantly bring God back into the 
um, into, into the game. I often tell, I, just yesterday I spoke for a group of young men, yeshiva boys, and I went like this in a whisper and told them, hey guys, there's a God in the world. And it's like, everybody knows that, but we forget it. It's not on our mind. That's very dangerous. I want to tell you a little story. Uh, many, years, many years ago, uh, there was a group of teachers that were going to start a day school in Budapest, Hungary. In Budapest, there hadn't been a Jewish day school there for 40 years, you know, when the communists were all. And about 20 years ago, they were going to start a day school. And so we supporting it and everything. And I gave a session for them in Israel uh, prior to their going. So prior to my session, someone spoke and he said, listen, God has been absent from Budapest for the last 40 years. So please don't mention Hashem. Don't mention God. And I, I waited by two, three minutes. I couldn't have waited much more. I was ready to explode. And I said, I got up there and I said, I, I must tell you something. Not only do I think you have to mention Hashem, to mention God, but you have to talk to them about having a positive relationship with him. And one of the lady teachers there asked me, what are you going to do if they laugh at you? And I said, to her, you know, I've been lecturing to secular not religious people say they don't believe in anything, audiences, for many, many years about Hashem, about God. And no one ever laughed to the, about relationship with God. They don't laugh to the contrary. They're jealous. Everybody wants a relationship with the boss. Everyone wants a relationship with the creator. Everyone wants a relationship with the controller. This is it. So we have to model and we have to inspire that relationship. And that has to do with the way we pray, the way we put our trust in Hashem. If things all of a sudden seem to be, there's such a challenge and there's such a terrible thing happening and all of a sudden get all bent out of shape. There's a God in the world. He's in control and he loves you and he cares about you. These are the things that if we can model in our home and talk about it at the Shabbos table and educate our children, then we have, we, we have the, the best shot at, at, at creating that lasting and passionate commitment to learning Torah and Judaism. So the best way to give over passion of Torah and Judaism to our children is from within us. That's right. And it has to be with, they have to know what they're doing. You know, so many people, um, the Sefer Achinuch was afraid. He, he wrote a book, a bar mitzvah present for his boy, his son. And he was afraid that, and he explained each mitzvah, he said, Tam Ellis, a reason and a benefit for every one of the 613 commandments. And he said, there was one he wasn't sure of. He was afraid if he leaves it, his son is going to think that the Torah is a closed book. Does What's the reason? And he's afraid he's going to just leave Judaism completely and never to come back. Now, this was 500 years ago. Uh, he, his father was a great, a giant of a rabbi. And, and the particular mitzvah wasn't even relevant because there was no... We weren't in Israel at the time, so it wasn't even something he had to do every day. But he, and he told him a reason and a benefit for all the other 612 commandments. He was afraid if he left one out. I don't know. The Torah, is a, it's hidden. It doesn't make sense to me. No. All of it makes sense. It's all for my benefit. I'm not doing Hashem any favors. He doesn't need any servants. When we talk about serving God, we're talking about serving him for our benefit. That's why it was, because that service brings us close to him. When we study his Torah, when we learn his, when we perform his commandments, his mitzvahs, then we, we become close to him in that connection. 
is, is something that's everlasting. Amazing, amazing, Rabbi Shai Kohn. Yevaldik, Gishmak, as they say in Yiddish. So, <laughs> Rabbi, how can we make sure that the lessons that we're giving over to our children, that they don't last a few hours, a few days, a few months, but it should last for a lifetime, forever? Make sure that, you know, even when the parents are not around, but these lessons that we give over to them has an effect on them. So, first of all, a lesson is most effective when it's reflected by other people, not just one individual. When everybody, you know, if they say, if a, a 10,000 soldiers will march on a bridge in, in sync, in step, the bridge will shake. There's such a thing as called resonance. There's what everybody's going the same direction. So first of all, both parents have to be on the same page. Very, very critical. Secondly, we should choose schools for our children that are also on that page. So they're giving them that type of spirit and inspiration and passion and, and feeling and understanding and appreciation that, uh, that we want our children to have. Uh, and the more that we can expose them to like-minded people, friends that have this feeling, mentors, older people that are mentors that they could spend time with them. You know, a young man, a young woman, is a, a girl, teenager, they're very flattered when somebody a few years older goes out, spends time with them, does something with them, takes an interest in them. And, and that way they see other people who are accomplished and who they look up to. And these people also have this, this passion and this commitment. So the more they see it, the, the, the more that we can, we can, we can be assured that, that it will continue. Um, it's, it's, it's very important that we recognize that the goal of chinuch, of Jewish education, is long-term. Rashi defines the posse, and the posse Vayorek as chanichon, parashas lechlopo. He says that the Loshen chinuch, chinuch means education, but he says it's the beginning of the entry to a way of life that the individual is destined to maintain, which means chinuch, teaching our children, raising our children has to be a long-term goal. We have to keep our eye on the future. Very often we do things because we want to win in the present. Like there's a religious battle going on and I'm afraid to lose the battle. Sometimes you have to lose a battle in order to win the war. And chinuch means look at the end result. I want to see not how my child is going to be now, today, tomorrow, but 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, all the way down. And when we do that, we make different considerations. We overlook certain things. We understand certain things. We, we deal differently with each child. And these are part of the things that can make sure that it's going to be a long-term. If we're focused on long-term, it's going to be much, much, uh, much better for them. Also, I think that we should um, uh, be an influence on our children's teachers and schools to be going in the same path, to make sure that they give them the same type of passion and excitement and, 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 and the whole educational system. Because then they're getting it from everybody. Then, and it should be pleasant. It should be good. It should be respectful and loving and meaningful and connecting them to Hashem. When that happens, I think we have a good shot at, uh, at having our children. And also the relationship. You know, sometimes um, parents are very... Um, Let's say they want to educate their children about fiscal responsibility. And unfortunately, there's a trade-off. There's going to be fiscal responsibility, but there's going to be anger at the religious uh, 
lifestyle of my parents. You know, my parents are not, they're very tight, they're very cheap, they don't give me money. You don't want that. It's so imperative to keep that connection lasting forever that our connection with them lasts forever. When they get older, when they get married, after they're married, with their children, with the grandchildren, constantly involved. So when we keep that as passionate and loving and caring and respectful, then we have the best shot at keeping them going that way forever. Uh, forever. Amazing, Rabbi Shai Khan. Great chizah, great inspiration, 100% true. And uh, we we're enjoying every single word of the tonight's Torah talk with Rabbi Shai Khan. And we have a custom of a final message, one final, uh, uh, you know, grand slam. The rabbi has been giving us a lot of beautiful gems uh, for our broad audience. Well, I'll tell you, if I have one final message, I would say um, that it's very important for parents, and I believe for teachers and principals as well, to be constantly involved in improving themselves as parents and as teachers. We're constantly learning. We're constantly learning. It's all, even in, 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 in a, a Talmud Chochem, a Torah scholar is called a Talmud Chochem. He's a student of the Chochem. He's the perennial student. He's always learning. And we have to learn constantly as parents. If there are good books to read about parenting, we should make sure to get them. If there are courses that can be given about parenting, we should make sure. We should see to it that the schools that our children attend also make sure that the teachers, the Rebbeim and the, the Moros have special training in reaching the kids with this passionate uh, and lasting commitment to Yiddishkeit. So I think the more that we work on ourselves in terms of our own development religiously and in terms of our parenting skills and insights, and it's an ongoing thing, we have to constantly, and by the way, it's not just learning new information. It's reviewing the information. Because when push comes to shove, it's very difficult. I want to close with a little story that happened to me with one of my children. Uh, I came home after a long day, and there was something in the mail. And I opened it up, and I started to read. And one of the kids, young little kid, is tugging at my shoulder. A terrible thing happened in school today. And as I'm reading the thing, I say, oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And the other kids say, why don't you listen? You know, he said a terrible thing happens. Okay. A few minutes later, I'm still reading this very important document. And another kid tugs at my thing and says, a great thing happened in school today. Well, I wasn't going to make the same mistake twice. Twice, So I said, oh, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> Pay attention. We need that. And then one closing remark. It's hard for me to close. I apologize. No, yeah? it's one, keep it going. One, one closing remark. Um, uh, one of my, you know, I, I give a lot of these kinds of talks. And uh, one of my children at one point wasn't so happy with the way I was dealing with one of his situations. So he says to me as follows. How is it that if Mr. So-and-so would call you about this very issue, you'd know exactly what to tell him? But for your own kid, you can't get it right. And I think that's so profound because we have to realize we love our children. We're blinded by that love. We can't always think of what's the best thing and the right thing and the long-lasting thing and the most beneficial thing. And we, we, my kid, so if we learn that we have to work on ourselves constantly to be able to learn more 
and to be able to be in more in control of ourselves, and we're able to access all of the information that we know when the blinders are there because this is my child, and the emotions are there because I don't want my child to be doing anything inappropriately. I think that would be maybe the most uh, positive thing that we could do to maintain a true relationship with our children and to prevent so many of the tragic problems that we find ourselves faced with today. Shukayach Rabbi Shaya Cohen Shlita for those inspiring messages and remarks. Very, very powerful. We shall all take these messages to heart. We shall all have, with God's help, we shall all have an easy time raising our beautiful children in the way that we are. Let's not be an easy time we're not going to have. Let's just have the success of them going in the proper way. Okay? It wasn't meant to be easy. No, it wasn't meant to be easy. Sorry. I can't that much. uh, We don't have a precedent for that. Sorry. But it should be easier. It should be easier. Privilege to see them go in the right path. Forever. Okay. With God's help, I want to thank Shai Khan for his time, his precious time spending with us at Chazak Torah Talks. And thank you, very special thank you to all those at Chazak. And a special shout out to Rabbi Abel for all the events and cheer and programs that he arranges for the Chazak organization, Baruch Hashem, Chazay Hashem. And we want to remind everyone, this is the season, quote unquote, uh, you know, transferring kids from public schools to Yeshiva, Baruch Hashem, Chazak is close to the 1300 mark of transfers in the last five, six years, Baruch Hashem, from public schools to Yeshiva. Family, friends, neighbors, anybody that you know, make sure to reach out to Chazak. Shout out to Torah anytime for hosting us on their platform, along with all the other platforms. A shout out to Yechiel from CM Yomi for helping arrange with Shai Cohen uh, being part of the Torah Talks. And uh, last but not least, a shout out to our friends at dailygiving.org. A dollar a day goes a very, very far away. We encourage everyone to check that out as well. We want to remind you every single Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Chazak Torah Talks with special guests. And uh, Rav Shai Khan, thank you very much once again. It was it was truly a pleasure. As I said at the beginning, my honor and my pleasure. Ah, yes. Thank you. Ah. All the best. Ah, yeah.